Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. It is my distinct pleasure to be with you as always. I appreciate you very much for joining us, whether you're listening on the aforementioned 93.3 Real Talk Radio or watching on War Chant TV. Reminder, if you are in fact watching on War Chant TV, uh, be sure to give us a like and subscribe. If you're so inclined, we do appreciate it. Certainly uh, helps uh, in our endeavors, helps others also find the show. So that's always appreciated. So like and subscribe to War Chant TV. Good Monday to you, as I say. I'm Jeff. There's Tom. He's at his house. He's waiting on our friends at Berno Heating and Air Conditioning. As um, air conditioning units being out, you can't you can't have that. So I understand. My man's waiting for the uh, tech to get there and do some things. But uh, I'm in studio along with Director Matthew. You're you. You're watching and listening. We appreciate that. Busy time. I feel like I've uh, addressed a lot of these things, uh, but we haven't had the chance to do it together uh, as far as Florida State baseball goes. Obviously, went out of town for my birthday weekend, and what a weird uh, set of circumstances as I'm uh, pulling into Atlanta for the weekend. Uh, I, I get the news, or I get a text actually on my way to Atlanta that it looks like Florida State baseball is on the cusp of making a change. Uh, that's later confirmed as I'm driving, and I realize that it's uh, it's bad timing on my part. Bad weekend to have a birthday, to go out of town for said birthday, because we would have liked to obviously come on the air live with you on that day as opposed to a best of and and discuss this but we get our chance now and uh 
you know, in some ways, uh, maybe it's, it's it's a little bit better because we can digest this, take some time to look back on it and what it means. And I think it's pretty nuanced. I think there are a lot of things to touch on here, a lot of things to look at here. Uh, most of them are, are good. Most of them are really good indicators. Some things that we're going to talk about later on today, too. Uh, on War Chant TV, myself and Tom and Ira, uh, I think Gene as well, uh, are going to do a video talking about big picture stuff for Florida State. Maybe not specific to this firing of Mike Martin Jr., uh, but but really just big picture stuff for Florida State. Uh, it is the dawn of a new day with an athletic director with teeth and one that I think will be very aggressive. I think we now see the indicators that you have an athletic director tasked with uh, a big-time responsibility, paid handsomely, and with, I wouldn't say total autonomy, but an awful lot of power. An awful lot of power to do what athletic directors are tasked to do. And I think if I can address that to start, that's really good news for the Florida State fan base, for the boosters, alumni, supporters of any kind that care about Florida State athletics. You want an athletic director who understands – the role, the responsibility, and has the power to make decisions. Now, whether he sinks or he swims, we'll find out. Obviously, this is our job in the press and all of those who care about Florida State Athletics to watch very closely these decisions and these moments. And it will be a, it'll be a little while before you have a firm grasp on what he is or is not or who he is and who he is not and what he can and can't do. But I think you certainly see the signs early on. Uh, that he's not going to be timid. And I'm somebody who has said over the uh, years on the airwaves now for an awful long time, 23 years, uh, that that Florida State was in a unique position for a very long time. Its athletic directors were puppets. Basically, once Dave Hart was forced out all those years ago, every athletic director subsequently kind of went along to get along and didn't have a lot of power, didn't have a final say, didn't have a lot uh, that they could do in regards to decisions and coaches, football, basketball, baseball, you name it. They really weren't in a position where their word was the final word, their say mattered most. I think you do have an athletic director now that is in that position. And I always uh, found myself somewhat envious of programs that had an athletic director charged with that responsibility and had a directive, had a vision, had an idea of what needed to happen and went about the process of trying to implement those things. And, you know, listen, again, we watch athletic, director, athletic directors come and go all the time. Um, and by virtue of these decisions, these very important decisions that they have to make. Uh, but I like knowing where the buck stops. I like knowing that there are fewer lines and, and convoluted um, ways of, uh, 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 of traversing the path, right? I like knowing, all right, you hired that guy, that guy is failing. You hired that woman, that woman is failing. What are you going to do about it? And oh, by the way, one too many of these types of hires in which people do not succeed at the level they're tasked with succeeding at, then you will be fired. I would think, as a coach or an athletic director, you too would like that sort of thing. 
you would like to know where things begin and end, what your responsibilities are, what your expectations, what the expectations are. And so I think we move out of a gray area. I think we move out of a convoluted mess. I think we move out of the very old way of doing things into a more modern way of doing things, and that is good for all involved, all who support Florida State, all who care very much uh, about what happens here. And then I think the second part of this, and I'm not, I have not brought up the human side of this yet and all of that, and we'll get to this in a minute, I, but, but I think the other side of this is that the athletic director has already revealed to you that he's going to be one that acts relatively quickly. Like, this isn't going to be a slow, we refuse to pull the Band-Aid, right? This is going to be, look, man, either you get the job done or you don't, and if you do, you'll be rewarded, and if, you're, if you don't, we're going to ask you to move on. I, I think you see every indicator of that, and here's what I mean by that. You go back to the situation with Kikorian, and I think to some degree the situation with the soccer coach and the disagreement that he had with the athletic director and Mike Alford, I, I think that that, that that in some ways served as uh, an impetus for this move. Um, that, that that didn't work out, and it certainly shed maybe not the best light on your athletic director in the moment. But nonetheless... It called our attention to that situation, and then we wondered from that point forward, all right, well, what will happen next? What will happen next? Well, what happened next was obviously he made the move to extend Lonnie Alameda, hugely successful, uh, a coach that is beloved amongst Florida State's faithful, and deservedly so. She's all class. She's also kicking ass. So there's a wonderful combination there where you have a coach that you love, and they're winning big time then, okay, that seems like a no-brainer, right? But they paid her exceptionally well. And now they make this move sooner rather than later when it comes to Mike Martin Jr. I think that they will pursue vehemently Link Jarrett. I think Link Jarrett is very interested in the Florida State job. I'm going to read you a quote in a minute and ask you, if, if, if this were in reverse, if, if the coach at Florida State, let's just say in a hypothetical here, said what Link Jarrett said when asked about that job, if you reversed it and the coach was at Florida State and Notre Dame was interested and the coach had played in South Bend and his parents live in South Bend and he had graduated from Notre Dame and he was currently coaching at Florida State and he was asked the question about the job opening at Notre Dame, if he gave the answer that Link Jarrett gave, tell me you wouldn't think Link Jarrett was on his way to the other school, right? I mean, Notre Dame fans read the same quote I read over the weekend and went, well, he's gone. He's gone. That's the first thing they did. And I think for good reason they did that. Uh, now, people, I think, mistakenly have believed that this will come down solely to money. Mm -mm. No, it's not going to come down solely to money. Money's important. It's naive to say otherwise. But it isn't the only thing. And so long as it is a competitive offer, it is in the ballpark, it is something that shows great respect and is very aggressive and competitive, I think you'll see Link Jarrett likely choose Florida State over Notre Dame. Now, I can't, I'm not in a position to tell you that Link Jarrett will choose Florida State, that he's coming. Link Jarrett's still coaching. They're going to the College World Series. He's focusing now on that job, as he should be, I'm sure he feels a special bond with a group of seniors that has largely carried that team. 
I'm sure, obviously, like any competitive individual who's come this far, his sole focus right now is on winning a national championship if they can. But that doesn't mean, as this plays out, that he isn't in the back of his mind thinking about a place where he grew up and eventually played and loved and adored and still does, and that is Florida State University. So we'll watch this play out. Now, in the modern landscape of sport, admittedly, we're thrown for a loop on the regular, and sometimes that's because of money. One thing I will say, the good news is Texas A&M already has a coach, <laughs> and, and their team made the College World Series, so that coach ain't going anywhere. So those kinds of schools that are willing to throw more money at a problem or have more money than sense, those schools aren't really on the ledger here, and Notre Dame has never really cared about baseball. And their fans don't either. They don't go to the games. Go look at the attendance numbers. That team's been really good all year long. Ain't nobody going. That's another reason if you're Link Jarrett, you look around and you're like, man, i got to recruit here to this dump of a town. Nobody comes to our games. I know even when Florida State's not good, they're pulling 4,000. People care. I know, again, speaking as Link Jarrett, I know because I played in front of them. The passion was really the envy of many programs all around the country for the entirety of his time here, certainly. So there is all of those factors, and it's very fascinating. And, yeah, I don't think Notre Dame's going to come in there and say, hey, we'll give you $2 million a year to coach. I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, admittedly, if we've reached a place where something like that does occur, if somebody does offer an ungodly sum for Link Jarrett to coach, then if I'm Florida State, uh, you know, I'm matching to within reason. Uh, you, you look around the country, even in the SEC, that, that there aren't coaches that are making absurd sums of money uh, that are akin to, to, to football programs. And the reason being, again, uh, baseball is rarely profitable in college, and if it is, uh, it, it is a, a pretty rare occurrence. So it can be. It can be a revenue sport, but for the most part, those margins aren't great enough for you to want to go out and spend two, three, four million dollars on a baseball coach. That's just absurd, and and I don't think Notre Dame will do that either. Uh, so so all of these things in response to the news that came down on Friday that Mike Martin Jr. was fired, and I'll tell you that I was not surprised to find out that 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 was the decision that was made. Uh, if you go back to Thursday's show, Tom and I were talking, and I said, you know, this is not a certainty, meaning this is not a certainty that Mike Martin Jr. will return, that there were a lot of factors. I, I, I thought that there were indicators that the players didn't love playing for him. We had all heard a lot of rumblings off the field about players and parents that were unhappy with the way that the program was being run. But if you remove all of that, if you remove the, the discord or the rumors of um, acrimony, if you remove that and you solely look at it from the standpoint of what you saw when they played baseball, I thought you had enough ammunition. Now, I understood that there was a tough decision to be made, but the bottom line is Florida State's standard to playing baseball, anyhow, is, is an elite one. And they haven't played real well in some time, and some of that was masked by the run to Omaha a few years ago. 
but I, I think when you watch them play and you saw the alarming strikeout numbers, the lack of power, the inability to pick up the baseball pretty consistently, and then, of course, the miscommunication, the inability to run the bases. I mean, these are all telltale fundamental signs that there is a breakdown between messaging and coaching and players. And when you see something like that and your preseason picked by the coaches in the ACC to win the conference and you finish ninth and you have several embarrassing moments, it's not stunning then to find out that perhaps the athletic director is going to make a change. And he did. And now he's going to feel some pressure. That's the other part of this. On the back end of all of this, I think he's going to feel an awful lot of pressure to get it right to bring in somebody that people will hail as a slam dunk. Now, that means, in my opinion, that the athletic director understood he might have to overpay for a baseball coach. So if Mike Martin Jr. is making $400,000 a year and you've got to triple that, you know, you got to pay somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.2, $1.3 million, I believe Florida State would be prepared to do it. They offered the soccer coach who turned down the offer – to be the highest-paid coach in, in, in all the land, and, and by a lot. Uh, they, they obviously just paid Lonnie Alameda an awful lot of money to coach softball. Uh, that, too, is, is not necessarily a revenue sport, although it's trending in that direction, which is really good. Um, so, so I don't think, and that's the other part of this, I don't think Florida State is as uh, – I don't think the money situation is as cumbersome as it used to be. And I think if you look at this, what you notice is that they're about to be out from under having to pay Willie Taggart. And I think that gives them a certain amount of freedom they didn't have the last two years. I think that uh, they're going to be willing to act. Uh, You marry all of what I just said with the athletic director having power and some financial restrictions being freed. And I think it's, uh, it's a good time for Florida State fans to now watch this university closely, watch this athletic department closely, because I think what they're going to see is a more competitive group and one that is less tolerant of uh, mediocrity. Uh, And that's really good news if you're seeking to be amongst uh, the elite in all of the big three, if you will. And I think all Florida State fans believe that's where Florida State should reside. Now, the reality is, are there going to be schools and athletic departments that have more money than Florida State? The answer is yes, resoundingly so. There always have been. And in today's unique landscape, it could be more problematic for Florida State than it used to be. But I do think they still desire. I think they are desirous to be amongst the most competitive athletic departments in all of college sports. And if that is your goal, and if that is the belief that you can then obviously generate the kind of revenue that allows you to be competitive, uh, then you can't sit idly by if you're watching a program diminish year in, year out. It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply 
The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, and of course, Warchant TV. Great to be with you. Hope you're well. Thanks, Eric. It's awfully kind of you. Appreciate your contribution. Happy belated birthday, Jeff. Cold ones on me. Go Knowles every day. Thanks, Eric. Appreciate that, buddy. Uh, very much so. Uh, kind of you. Uh, now, uh, let's let's continue on, and let's welcome in my cohort, my brother, my buddy, Tom Lang, who didn't get a word in edgewise last segment as we talked <laughs> about. Yeah, go Bolts indeed. Uh, we talked all things uh, Florida State athletics, Mike Alford, Mike Martin Jr. I wanted to, hey Tom, I wanted to read this. I brought it up during the break, but let's let's put, let's do the exercise together because we have the Jeff Cameron Show PR firm of which you're a member. I remember hiring you many years ago. I've been very proud of your development over the years in the PR firm. As as you well know, as documented by the many raises you've received over the years being here on the PR firm. So that's true. Uh, so so uh, the there was a there was an article. Uh, there were several articles. Uh, I saw one in the USA Today over the weekend uh, that uh, I, I kind of glanced at, uh, in which it noted that uh, Mike Barton Jr. had been dismissed and uh, Link Jarrett uh, had been asked uh, about uh, whether or not the Florida State rumors were, in fact, a distraction during the Knoxville Regional. Um, and he said, of course, and for those that don't know, if you're, if you're of the younger demo, I make certain assumptions, and I shouldn't because I go back a ways to his time here, uh, actually, and I remember watching him play. Uh, he played at Florida State from 91 to 94. And um, so, you know, I mean, we, we, we certainly know his connections, right? But, uh, quote, I mentioned it today. I said, I love you guys in talking about the Notre Dame team and his addressing of the players. We're here to win this. I'm not talking anything about this coaching stuff. I'm talking about Notre Dame and the University of Tennessee, and that goes for all of us in here too, okay? There are distractions, and that is a very unique one. I wanted them to know that because it's out there, I wasn't ignoring it, but my focus is with Notre Dame. I love the way these guys play. I'm not talking anymore. I have no idea what's going on down there. That was my roommate and a friend of mine. My focus is 100% on this, this team, and then trying to find a way to win one of these last two games. That's it. Well, <laughs> well done. But that's certainly not a denial. That is certainly not I'm staying here at Notre Dame. That's certainly not what I would want to hear if the shoe was on the other foot. If I had a beloved coach that was there coaching Florida State baseball on its way to Omaha after upsetting the number one team in the country in Knoxville and doing the world a favor by knocking out the volunteers, I would, I would want a resounding, I'm in the best situation I could possibly be in. Why would I be wanting to look anywhere else? These people have been great to me. I'm at a prestigious university. We've changed the culture of baseball here, and now it's on to try to win a national championship. I'm not answering any more questions about it. I'm staying here. That's what I would want to hear. But he didn't do anything close to that. If anything, it was deflections and, you know, my guys and I are focused. Well, okay, that's what every coach says when they're interested in the other job. Yeah, I think if he um, 
if he did what coaches usually do, then I, I wouldn't like him as much. Now, I, I would like him just fine as the next head coach of, of Florida State. If, if we're going to make a move and Link Jarrett is the guy that comes down here and he comes home, then that's that's all great and it would still be a net positive. But um, I like that he's honest. He told his players, that's a, that's a unique distraction. That's a unique one. You got me. Guys, you got me. But yeah, you know yeah. what you do right now? <laughs> you got me there. You got you, me there, yeah. You can win one more because we've won the first game in this Super Regional. You win one more. Yeah. Hey, let's see how far this ride goes. That'll be mm-hmm. a lot of fun. What do you think, guys? What do you think? Okay, yeah. good. No more questions about that. It's a unique thing. They've got a really cool situation down there. I love it. Wait, wait, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. We're <laughs> now. And the Nile says, let's go to Omaha together. Omaha. You going back uh, to, to South Bend after Omaha, Coach? Well, again, guys, that's unique. My focus is here. My focus the situation is here today, right here. Currently, we're in Knoxville. It, yeah. Would like to go to Omaha. That's that's the, the itinerary. Mm-hmm. Let's go, guys. And, you know, uh, that is a tough situation to be in where you, you have not a fondness, but a love in your heart uh, for a university where you uh, attended and played. And, and grew up going to games, I might add. That's another part of it. I mean, we tend to make these connections, and those impressions are made on us at a very young age. Um, when you are going with your father to Tampa Bay Lightning games as season ticket holders, you're ensuring, we know from the psychological aspect of all of this and the behavioral aspect of all this, you're ensuring, for the most part, barring egregious missteps by the organization, that you're going to be a lifelong Lightning fan because as a child, you're there sharing those moments with your dad and the good, the bad, and everything in between. So there's an emotional bond. Uh, obviously, there's the connection to your hometown. So you, 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 that's going to be there. Um, that happened for Link Jarrett, going to FSU games and then having a dream play out in which he plays four stars with the team he grew up watching. So, you know, it's tough to shake that. Now, there's a dollar amount by which Tom and myself would root for a different NHL franchise. <laughs> At least publicly. But, 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 you know, again, it's college baseball. Yep. In football, it's very different. In, in football, you know, you can be won over very easily. Money, Large sums of money, gobs of money, over-the-top amounts of money, like $75 million or something like that, can go to a coach, $100 million. And, yeah, you might be hard-pressed to compete with something like that. But it's college baseball, and that those numbers aren't the same. And um, also, I, I, I think Notre Dame, um, if you look at their history, well-documented over the weekend, how many times did they have to mention that the last time Notre Dame had pulled a stunner like this was against Florida State in 2002 right here? Dick Hauser, Mike Martinfield. I, uh, by the way, uh, served as a, a color analyst uh, for the Armed Forces Radio Network for that particular series um, in baseball, and I remember um, trying to keep it down the line. I remember how frustrated I was. I remember foul ball that we hit. I think it was Peachy Bullet that had it been fair by an inch, we were going to win that game. It was foul. Baseball is cruel. Kid that pitched against us, father played at Florida State. I remember asking the question on the broadcast. Interesting, that young man out of the state of Florida got away. But nonetheless, that was many moons ago. 
Well, now it's revenge. Now you get your revenge on Notre Dame where you can bring this guy down. And whether or not it's Lincoln, and it's the strong possibility, we all know that right now. If Vegas was taking odds on who is the next baseball coach of Florida State, and I don't know that we're all degenerate enough as a society to have odds on who's going to be the next baseball coach. Oh, we are. Thankfully. Well, you would place the wager, but I don't know that they would take the wager is my point. Mm. What I want to see is the price tag because that's the more important thing to me. Because at that point, if it's 1.1 million, 1.3, whatever it is, you're playing big boy sports. Yes. And it's at that point that you don't have to qualify your criticisms anymore. Like, and I don't mean that I had to qualify necessarily for meat because he understands the standard of what FSU is, but I would also stop and, and say, well, you're getting him for half price of what you would pay a top end, top flight NCAA baseball coach. The going rate now is in the seven figures. You're getting him for under $500,000. So that's part of the equation. But now if you're telling me that this athletic department is in a position to where they can pay a baseball coach well into the seven figures, and that's indeed what ends up happening in the next two or three weeks, whoever that coach is, okay, the gloves are off, man. Well, This is, this is uh, all about wins and losses and nothing else. No hemming and hawing. This is, about, this is what the athletic department is about, and I think that's going to be part of the discussion we have later today too. I think that the bottom line is it has to be that. You have to graduate to that. Uh, Florida State, this was part of the larger discussion we had a week ago. Last Thursday, I think it was. Again, I want to bring this back up. I thought what a spectacular time it is for an athletic director to be the athletic director at Florida State. We are in a transitional stage. There's good, bad, and everything in between going on at Florida State. But to be sure, all eyes are on this athletic department to see, are they in it to win it? Or do they become an also-ran? And I think that Florida State fans, this is a time of great hand-wringing. This is uh, a lot of consternation, understandably so. But as you begin to garner evidence, the evidence so far early on in Mike Alford's tenure as athletic director is that he's going to be aggressive and he's been given autonomy to do so. He has offered already uh, very large salaries to coaches who have succeeded. One decided... No moss, no more, can't work here anymore, I'm on my way out, done what I could do, don't get along with that guy, I'm leaving. They turned around and hired uh, a soccer coach that is extremely well thought of and paid him handsomely. Not the same, not the amount of a guy who's a three-time national champion here, but nonetheless, that's a good get. That's an aggressive pursuit, right? Because soccer, again, not a huge revenue sport, but he understood there was a standard that had been reached. He wanted to sustain it, went out and got a guy that is extremely well thought of. Then he turned his attention to Lonnie Alameda, who is beloved, rightfully so, for the reasons that I talked about in the first segment, not only because she's all class and she's been a winner of extraordinary proportions here at Florida State, uh, those two things married to a large salary and an extension. That's two for two now, at least in terms of salaries. And we turn around and he ripped the Band-Aid off, Tom. We could have waited around one more season, could have said, let's see what happens next year. But he recognized the guy that he wanted in all likelihood, this is speculative on my part, but I don't think it's unreasonable, the guy he wanted was also being pursued by other schools, including those in the ACC. If you believe the rumor mill out there in the conference, it's that Clemson was going to come hard and heavy for Link Jarrett. Now, I find that surprising and interesting and worth monitoring in and of itself, not because I'm worried about Link choosing Clemson over Florida State, but that Clemson has decided to put their money in something other than football. Well, that's a first because they don't really care about the other sports, see their track record. Uh, the fact that they're willing to do that, I find fascinating. Nonetheless, if you're an athletic director and you didn't hire Mike Martin Jr. and you think, well, 
this guy's not doing a real good job. I understand historically what he means to the program, and this is going to hurt. It's going to hurt a contingent of our fan base and boosters. It's going to certainly hurt the individual and the family that is legendary amongst Florida State faithful. But I don't think he's doing a good job, and I got a chance to bring in another Noel and a guy that is being pursued by other people. And if I don't act now and I wait another year to give this guy one more season to get it right, and I don't think it's going to happen, I'm going to lose out on said figure, and then where am I at? So instead, I'm going to go ahead and make the somewhat difficult decision to part uh, with with a guy that uh, has the last name Martin and obviously a lot of people feel fondly for. So he, he did that, and I don't think you do that if you don't understand that what you're about to do is bare minimum double the salary of the baseball coach. Right, bare minimum. Yeah, you're probably tripling it, and then you got to pay a buyout for one year. So it's costing you maybe fourfold. What, what you what you would have spent on a head coach for baseball next year. And I get it. When you add all those things together, the bump for Lonnie and maybe the soccer coach salary and then the, the new baseball coach salary, that might only add up to, I don't know, a couple million, two and a half million dollars. And so in the grand scheme of like football, that's not a huge amount of money. But given the reputation for Florida State to be so cash strapped, and I don't think also that Michael Alford is going to be taking money out of the pockets of football to run other sports. He understands the mandate that football's got to work for this whole thing to work. So I don't think he's robbing football to pay baseball. That just tells me that Florida State's financial position is stronger than I thought it was before Friday. Yeah, that's the reason I brought it up that first segment is that, hey, if you're looking at what this means and you're trying to read the tea leaves and you're trying to understand where Florida State's athletic department is headed, who Michael Alford is, uh, what the collective mindset is, uh, you know, all of this, the, the modus operandi, right? What, what, these are all great indicators. Now, listen, it's it's tough. You got you know you got to go through some uh, not growing pains, but you got to go through emotional baggage to to do some of this. Nobody wanted to see Krikorian leave, but what it indicated was that Florida State was going to be very aggressive in their efforts to retain him, even though there was a fractured relationship. Right, so that that was a good sign. Didn't work out in our favor necessarily in that moment, but I liked what it told us because when we when we found out what was offered. I said to you, we were at spring football when that happened. We were on the sidelines when that happened. When that email went out from Kokori and the press, the assembled press in that moment, watched as Mike Alford and others from Florida State in their suits whisked across the practice fields to go over towards the soccer complex. We knew something big was going down. And then later on, after we thought in the moment, oh, man, did they try to undercut this guy? Did they, did they not pay enough for a guy that just came off a national championship? And then we found out, oh, no, it wasn't that at all. It was, it was a personal relationship that was broken, and you can believe who you want to believe with that, but the bottom line, it wasn't money, all right? It wasn't money. And then you saw that Lonnie was going to get taken care of. You're like, all right, again, not money, right? It, they're giving her her just due. And now you see this move. Well, you don't make this move if you're not willing to pay. So, again, that's check mark, check mark, check mark that says that Florida State's going to be aggressive and is willing to ratchet up their spending in order to keep, retain, bring in, Elite coaches. Good. And rightfully, and I can tell you this as we go to break, the vast majority of Florida State fans immediately then th- saw that and said, hmm, wonder what Mike Norvell thinks. I wonder what every coach that works at Florida State University thinks. I think I know. I think they should know. <laughs> and I think they're probably talking amongst each other right about now. It's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness, two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. And 
Jeff Cameron Show on a Monday. Thanks for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Um, so some people have weighed in here, had a lot of fun with this. Let's uh, let's go there and uh, look at some of these questions and answer some of these uh, while we're on the subject of uh, the bigger picture stuff. I see you there, Scott Zetch. Nicely done. Weighing in on this conversation. He mentions he's pro-link but wouldn't mind Minkiewicz or Bell. I think Minkiewicz's name needs to be talked about more. Um, he's certainly interested for the job. He, he has uh, made that abundantly clear. He did the first time around. Uh, I, Mike Bell would be interested in the job. Several former Florida State players who've gone on to either have success in the college ranks as an assistant or head coach, as well as former players that went on, played Major League Baseball, managed some in Minor League Baseball, I think would have great interest in this job because they understand that it's a great place to recruit to. They understand that it's a passionate fan base. And they understand that um, I think they're in a position to have some success pretty quickly. And if you're a coach and you now are going to work for an athletic director who's very serious about uh, demanding excellence, you want to know that you can come in and have success right away. Uh, and I think that this is a place that is set up to do that. Uh, one, one other thing that I didn't mention today, I mentioned it last night on the Sunday Smash that you guys can find on Warchant TV. Uh, go to the YouTube station and pull uh, t- uh website and pull that up um and 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 you can watch our conversation last night me and Corey michael langston joined us as well to talk about all that's going on in football mention that too later on in the show but there is the human factor to this and i get as a fan uh that from a from a distance you watch this and you're like look all i care about is winning i'm not really worried about people's feelings i care about winning and i hear you that is what fans rightfully understandably care about uh, that's the way I am for my teams that I root for, for the most part. And truthfully, even with guys that I know well and like and get along with, that's still the standard for me as a as a supporter fan of Florida State Athletics, right? I mean, that's true, Tom. We, we know a lot of people uh, that we've grown to like over the years in various athletic programs. Uh, but you and I have always, you know, and I've said this to you for as long as we've been friends, especially as, as cohorts, as workers, I'm like, well, one thing we have to do, unfortunately, that makes it hard when you get to know people, is if somebody's doing a poor job, you still have to be willing to, to be critical of them. And and we we have been. We've been very critical of Mike Martin Jr. and the baseball that's been played here the last couple of years and, and the frustrations we felt. But that does mean that does not mean that I'm oblivious to the uh, to to the emotional uh, hurt. Uh, that certainly the Martin family has to feel today. Um, I, I, Carol Martin's a wonderful woman and really kind and always somebody that I've enjoyed running into and talking to. Eleven always treated me exceptionally well, uh, and I always enjoyed talking with him at length. Um, Mike Martin Jr. and I have known each other a very long time. I've enjoyed his baseball insight. Um, you know, it's funny. Somebody brought it up on the chat. It's not so cut and dry, guys. Uh, what I mean by that is you can know a lot about baseball, football, basketball, whatever it might be, uh, and still things don't work out. It doesn't mean you're a great coach. Now, maybe he goes on somewhere else, gets another opportunity as an assistant, then eventually becomes a head coach again, and the lessons learned here he applies differently this time around and has some success, and I wish him well. I hope that happens for him. Um, but I bring this up a lot as it pertains to Mike Norvell. We have zero doubt that Mike Norvell knows the game of football and is a good football coach. I think I think I can say unequivocally he's a good football coach. It doesn't mean it's going to work out. <laughs> it doesn't mean that he won't get fired. 
There have been good coaches fired left and right in every major sport. There is a disconnect occasionally. There are missteps off the field that lead directly to on-the-field failures. There are hiring practices. So who you surround yourself with, their ability to message and implement your philosophy matters greatly. And if you fail in any one of these departments, let alone the interpersonal relationships you have to have with the money people, the, the, the shaking hand, kissing babies, uh, the booster tours, these are, all, these are all aspects of the job that don't re, uh, relate directly to X's and O's of a sport. But they matter greatly. Like it's, You could be great at all that other stuff, and if you don't know the game, you get fired. If you know the game really well, but you rub people the wrong way, you can't connect and you can't raise money, you get fired. There, If you understand the game and you can't teach it, and guys on game day don't go out and perform what it is you're teaching them during the week, you get fired. That, that, that's the way it works. There's a lot of responsibility to being a head coach at these really elite levels of play. And they don't all have to do with your understanding of baseball. And that is a very long-winded way of me saying that Mike Martin Jr. knows baseball. But I do believe he had a hard time with relationships. I believe that's true. And I think you saw his players struggle with that. Yeah, I'd say, you know, the one thing you brought it up before we go to break, and I know we could speak specifically on what Mike Norvell thought about the move later on. But um, if I'm a coach, I'm going to take it from a positive perspective. If I'm a coach, say, like Trey, mm-hmm. or tennis coach, or whatever, track coach, if I succeed here at Florida State, I'm going to be rewarded. I'm asking for a raise. Yeah, I'm not going to be shy about asking for a raise because you can't sit down across from me at the desk and say, well, as you know, the situation at the athletic department is it's very tough. And, um, you know, every $30 that we could save, that pays for an electric bill, you know, that pays for whatever. They, you can't cry uh, poor. You, no. you, can't, you can't do it. You can't anymore. And that's a good thing. So that's the positive side of it. If I'm Mike, part of me gets competitive and says, all right, Let's win eight or nine this year. I go from three to five to nine. You got to pay me now, because look at this. If you're going to shell out one point two for, let's hope we're in that position, Tom. Let's yeah. let's hope let's hope we're in a position to talk about whether or not Florida State should give Mike Norvell a raise, because we're sure as hell not in that situation right now. Nobody's clamoring to give Mike Norvell a raise right now, and this is not a shot at Mike Norvell. This is a commentary on the reality of that situation. He is in no position, nowhere close to being in a position to ask for a raise. If a year from now, two years from now, we're having that discussion, then things have moved in the right direction, and I would say... Uh, quantum leaps had been made. Yeah, the hard part I'm having is just how much more positively I feel about the situation because I think with collectives like Rising Spear that, again, just pick Florida State out of nowhere. It just has nothing to do with the university. Mm-hmm. It's amazing it exists. I can't believe it. They're, they're only Florida State players, too. It's amazing how this NIL stuff works. But they've got a handle on that portion of the equation, I think. A much better handle than we had six months ago, that's for sure. And then you look at the athletic department itself, and you can fit in the budget a raise for Lonnie. You could pay Mark Akorian potentially more than any other coach in the country if he said yes to it. You could double or triple the salary of the uh, baseball coach. That gives me hope for the basketball program. That gives me hope for further uh, making a more robust staff for uh, football, be it support staff or analysts or whatever. It seems like those two entities – are in a much better position financially than I, I thought they were in. And so it doesn't mean that I think magically we're Texas A&M or Texas or Oklahoma, Ohio State all of a sudden. We're not. There's no way we are. But 
we're a lot better off than I thought we were if we're able to make moves like this at a time in the athletic department's history where you should be focusing on everything needs to go to football in order for this whole thing to float at all. Tells me that they have money in the reserves, which is nice. It is nice, and I like to think that uh, when you when you're having a conversation about the direction of your athletic department, your programs in general, that you don't have to add to the wonder, right? You don't have to. Well, if this doesn't work out, I wonder if they're in a position. I think we know now that this is moving in the positive direction. That the meritocracy we seek, right? You win or lose and it's it's cut and dry that's how this is going to work it's not a matter of oh, do we have enough to fire you or you know do we you don't want that right you don't want that because you get mired in mediocrity because you're forced to and nobody yeah. likes to feel powerless to do something about their surroundings or circumstances well that would be the other talking point is like when you're analyzing or criticizing you're saying well what do you expect them to do they're operating with fewer resources mm-hmm. you know I don't like that talking point. We should never have that at Florida State. But, I mean, listen, it was a part of the discussion. and I think It's, it's been a big so- part of the discussion, and understandably so. To, to, to deny it, ignore it, would be foolhardy. You're not having an honest discussion having to find your terms at that point. Um, I like to know that, or I like to see, evidence that we're coming out of that. And that's to your point. And I, th- I think that a lot of this is very positive in that way. I don't want to make it sound like, Florida State has unlimited funds the way that some of the schools we're competing against do. I think we know that that, too, is is not the reality. Uh, but I, I, I just like seeing further evidence that, hey, if something needs to be done, it can be done. They're not handcuffed any longer. And, and that's the biggest thing because that, that leaves one to feel absolutely helpless. Helpless Helplessness certainly leads to a, a certain level of um, apathy that we, we you just can't have surrounding your athletic program. Yeah, it, it also makes me um, believe – that if something goes wrong this football season, significantly wrong, and I, I don't believe it will. I think that you know the Vegas over-under is six and a half. I'm, I'm hitting that over. I'm playing that over personally. That's how much optimism I have. But if something goes really wrong this year, I now have a greater belief that a change will be made, not that you're going to ride this thing out for another year. Because it's the same situation as baseball. Yeah, I know it's more money at play. But it's the same situation as what Michael Offord just ruled on for baseball. Well, we have to get into – what is what is a catastrophic season? What 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 is it for football that would lead to the kind of change you're you're suggesting is possible? Um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I do too. And Ryan's asking it here in the chat. What do you suppose Alfred Standard for football is, with the understanding that we aren't A and M or Bama, et cetera? I like I'd like to know the answer to that question. I don't know what that is. And that's not really one you're going to get an answer on the record from Mike Alford for either uh, because then it's admitting that you're at a disadvantage. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to – now maybe behind the scenes we can certainly endeavor to find that out. Um, I've wondered it for a little while now. I've thought as we move closer and closer to a time where action one way or the other is going to be necessary, uh, what is the jumping off point for that? Uh, do you go 4-8, and got to let you go? The long-term damage is too much. Uh, the fan base has has thrown up their hands and has given up, and uh, it's more damaging to bring you back than it is to pay the financial uh, part of this and let you go. Um, is it is it six and six? I, d- I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's a specific number or the way we play. Hour number two forthcoming. Ira will join us in that hour a little bit later on. More discussion, certainly uh, a, a vibrant one and a fun one to be having in regards to Florida State Athletics. Jeff Capershaw, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.